Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is a designer of luxury maternity and nursing bras in a wide assortment of styles, sizes, and shapes to suit every body type. But we will hear more from our sponsor later. Uh, for now, you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page and see if you need anything. If you uh, need something, see if you can give any of them your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And don't leave without checking our shop page and seeing all the awesome merch that we designed ourselves. And we are now on Patreon. And have you joined us there yet? Because it's really awesome. And we have lots of fun things that go on. We did a live recently. Um, and we got to hang out with one of our patrons because only one person showed up because we don't have that many patrons right now. But still, it was really fun. It was really fun. It was. To chat it was with really her. Fun. Yeah. We talked to Sarah and it was really fun. And um, we'll talk to a whole bunch of people if you come on by. And we have... Um, you know, we have mini podcasts there. We have lives. We have extra episodes. We have behind the scenes stuff. We have all kinds of things going on. Yeah. Um, a look at our lives. Like that's where we post our lives, really. Yeah. Um, and so you can head to uh, the link right under this podcast. I'll put it right in the notes under the podcast. You can click that link. And check out the different tiers, and uh, hopefully you will join us. And we have, so far, uh, one of the benefits is that you get a uh, shout-out on the podcast. And so here we go. We have Kristen W., Kate A., Elizabeth P., Mackenzie C., Hannah, Sarah U., Jessica, Sarah, Ellen A., Michelle, Kayla, Elia J, Kimberly D, Deanna J, Holly U, Christina P, Meredith D, Megan A, Stephanie H, and Haley N. And that's our uh, badasses for now. And we hope that you'll come and join us. And we also are hosting our, still hosting our ongoing giveaway where uh, you leave a review somewhere and then you send us a screenshot to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com and you'll get stickers and some empowerment. Thank you for nursing and public cards. And uh, yeah, I think Diane has our review of the week now. I did. Um, I did send. I told you I sent one to, I think it was Belgium or oh, Berlin. Okay. Somewhere in Europe. And then I did send one to South Africa. <laughs> I know I'm not very good, you guys. Oh, okay. I did send one to South Africa recently. Oh, she cool. was like, I don't know if you're gonna if you can send me anything, but here's my review. And I oh, absolutely awesome. did it. I know. Cool. It was very, very awesome. I always send people that are out of the country extra stuff. Oh, I should have done because, that. Because yeah, maybe because like you have to pay the shipping anyway. You know, and yeah, so then true. it's like you're not going to be sending stuff to there very often. I always just like add in extras and get spread it around to their friends or something. Okay. Ready? I did not tell you that. No, you didn't. You should have because then but, I could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have our review of the week. 
Sweet. It says, as a mom of two who has breastfed beyond infancy, this podcast is so relevant. Currently, I am breastfeeding and nursing my second daughter two years. The podcast brings real information and realistic thoughts that we have all have as nursing mothers. The information is easy to retain and the podcast keeps your attention as it's not strictly a list of facts, but about real life experiences. A worthwhile listen for all moms and direct support professionals working with lactating women. Thank you so much. Um, And I love that we have so many that are breastfeeding beyond infancy now. Yes, I know. I I feel like I see it everywhere in the world. Not, I, know. Well, I don't know about the whole world, but I, I mean, know you know, noticing it more or what, but I don't I know. Awesome. I don't know. Something seems like it's shifting. Yeah, definitely for people feeling like at least they're not alone or, you know. Yeah. But I also I agree. love that. Yeah. I love that she said like, it's that, it, you know, that we're more about like real life experiences, um, which is a good, good, you know, I don't know. I like it because it's like sometimes you know, science and real life experiences, like it's great. Sometimes they go together and sometimes they don't like, sometimes it's like, okay, the best thing for you to do is to, I don't know, you know, nurse on demand and just lay around and do nothing for the first year. Like that's so not, (laughs) that's so not possible in the real world. And like, you know, just talking about like how to like, understand that you know breastfeeding is normal nursing on demand is you know the best thing for you know maintaining a breastfeeding relationship but then also like how are we going to do this because the world's not set up that way and i don't know i just think that this is that's something that people people don't need just the science it's like okay we get that but then how do i do that right how are we gonna how are we gonna how are we gonna do this i know and agree yeah. Today, folks, oh yeah, we're going to talk about pumping and dumping. And I don't found do it. The end. I know, right? Exactly. Don't do it. And the end. <laughs> That's all we have to say about that. But I did come up. I did find some really cool stuff on pumping and dumping. I was cool. pretty excited. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad things I get excited about these days. But <laughs> it really, we are going to talk about some cool stuff. So. First of all, if you are unfamiliar with the phrase, I don't know that anybody is, but pumping and dumping is the name that was given to pumping your dump your breast milk and dumping it if you've like had alcohol, if you've had medication, if you've I don't know. One of the things that they put in here, I wrote down a whole bunch of reasons why people would pump and dump. And they're like meds. Um, and that would be like, obviously, like medications. Many, and we've talked about medications so much on the on the podcast, but there's a lot of medications out there that you can absolutely breastfeed with. And they tell you not to. Yeah. Um, most medications are fine. Yeah. But they don't most know. medications are fine. They have no idea and they don't do the research. So they just say, oh, don't do that. You can't. Yeah. Don't know. Um, And I'm going to get a little bit more into that, too, for sure. Um, So medications, procedures, alcohol, smoking. One of the things that I kept finding is that if there's too much milk, there's too much milk, you can pump it and dump it if you don't have a place to store it. Or if you're away, like say you're out of town away from your baby and you don't have a way to bring it back, you can pump your milk and dump it, which... 
I mean, I guess if you are out of town or say you had to travel for work or something like that and it was really too hard to bring it back, yes, that would be something that you would have to do. I guess I just never really thought about that as a pump and dump. Yeah. Yeah. But but I guess it is. I mean, I don't know too many people I mean, who do that. If you're ever throwing best breast milk away, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I mean, I know it's super hard to bring back. Like if you're flying, it can be really yeah. hard to bring it back. I mean, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, oh my gosh. To, you know, to dump milk. And I do know people that were like, well, I had to dump it because I didn't have anywhere. Yeah. But it's not something I hear very but often. That's not, that's well, for and sure. that's not something that they're being like told to do or that the milk's not safe or something. That's like, they just got into a situation that they couldn't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like it. it's not that it's not safe. Um, But I thought that was kind of strange that that kept coming up. Like WebMD, don't ever go to WebMD for breastfeeding information. Don't go to WebMD, period. <laughs> but WebMD, like they had two things on there for pumping and dumping, alcohol and if you have too much milk. Like that's all they talked about <laughs> were those two things. And I was like, that's weird. I do want to talk about the medication for a minute because somebody did reach out to me the other day and they had gotten their eyebrows microbladed. Mm-hmm. and which I'm getting that done this week. I'm very excited, everybody. Mm. I should post a picture. Have you ever had it? Like, no. I haven't either. And I'm so excited about it because I don't know, I'm getting older and my eyebrows are disappearing. So, which I didn't know was a thing, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's happening with my eyelashes. It's really crazy. I'm like, like you I know, no, why? I look, I look like a corpse. Can <laughs> not do that? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know what's happening to ourselves. So, uh, she said, you know, I, I got my eyebrows microbladed. They gave me, it was like a, you know, probably like an injection, like a um, numbing, you know, whatever. And they uh-huh. told me I can't, I have to pump and dump for like a certain amount of hours, uh-huh. which I'm always, and I'm like, she's like, do I really need to do that? And I'm like, no, you really don't need to do that. It's my problem with it. Isn't that they're giving you bad information that it's like blatantly made up. Because they say, oh, pump and dump for six hours. Where where did that number come from? Yeah. Like, right. is anybody looking at the half-life of the medication? And that's what they should be looking at, is the half-life of the medication. And what that means I is... I mean, if necessary. Right. If necessary. If it's a situation where you have to pump and dump for, for real then we should be looking at the half-life of a medication. And the half-life is the time that it takes for the amount of a drug's active substance in the body to reduce by half. So that would mean that they would actually need to look that up and figure out like, okay, what is the half-life on this medication that I'm giving you? And how long does it stay in your system? And now that we know how long it stays in your system, that's how long you need to pump and dump for. But they don't do that. They just like throw some hours at you and tell you just you you need to pump. So it's not even that it's wrong information. It's like made up information because they're not doing that. They're not looking at the half-life. They're not being realistic about it even a little bit. They're just saying, oh, this should be plenty of time. Now, let's look at it at the other side of it. What if it really was a dangerous medication and they're just throwing this time frame at you that isn't correct? Then that really could be dangerous. I mean, it just it's really. But I think in those situations, they just tell you not to breastfeed anymore when it is like a serious medication that you're on. um, They just say, you know, don't breastfeed anymore. They usually just say don't. Yeah. Yeah. You have to wean or... 
Or it's like days. Yeah. Or it's days. Pumping down and, for 72 hours. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it's like, and really, so the other thing behind it too, that I think people don't really understand or that they don't know, because I didn't know this either. So when they say like pump and dump with alcohol, which isn't something you need to do, by the way. Um, or pump and dump with medication. They're not saying that so that you can get the the drug or the alcohol out of your system. Pumping and pumping out, like if you have a, dr- a few drinks and you say, okay, I'm going to pump and dump my milk to make it safer for the baby. You're not getting the alcohol out of your system. You're not pumping the alcohol out of your system. That, yeah. yeah. You're not doing that. You're just removing you're- milk so that you don't become engorged, I guess, or you're maintaining your supply or something. Yeah. But yeah, you're milk, like maintaining supply. That milk has been deemed unsafe, so you have to throw it away. Yeah. But yeah, there's no way, there's no way to just like pump stuff out of your body. Like it it's this alcohol and medications are in your bloodstream. And milk is a blood product. And so it mm-hmm. is traveling around your body and being metabolized at the rate that it feels like. We don't have any control over it. You can't make it go half faster, whatever. And they're just saying, oh, you have to pump to maintain, which also, which also is like, are they, they're telling you to pump? I don't think they know that. I think they're telling you to pump and dump because it's like a thing that they've heard. And they're like, oh, you know, they're not going to be like the lady at the microblading salon isn't like, oh, you should make sure you pump your milk to maintain your supply and then dump it because it's not safe. No, I don't think they're just like, no. oh, pump and dump. What? Because right. they heard that once. And they don't want to get in trouble. Right, exactly. It's all about covering their asses. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to get in trouble. Because they don't know. Because people don't know. And it's like, if somebody's telling you to pump and dump, they literally do not understand how lactation works. That's like your first sign. Okay, they don't understand that things are metabolized out of my milk at the same rate as it is my blood. They don't understand that like this is not going to remove the drug from my body. Like They just don't even understand how lactation is happening inside the body. Absolutely not. No. And I, I like, I didn't know when, when people first started talking about the alcohol and pumping and dumping it, I knew that it didn't get the alcohol out, but I really didn't understand. Like, I was just like, I don't know how this, like, yeah. but it doesn't like, it, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make the alcohol leave your body any faster. And that's what I thought they were doing it for. I thought people were doing it to right. make the alcohol leave their body faster. And that's not what happens. Um, It is when it comes to like the medications, if you're if somebody's telling you to pump and dump, really ask. Like ask somebody. Like if it seems like it's not right to you. One of the other things that I kept coming up with when I was doing a little research for this too was anesthesia. That kept coming oh, yeah. up over and over again. Yeah. And I thought we were beyond that. No. Like I really did. Not. No. I mean, it's just insane. No, beyond I don't think we're beyond any myth. <laughs> Honestly, any kind of yeah. myth, like the big breastfeeding myths that go around, I don't think we're beyond any of them because they constantly circle around. I mean, like breastfeeding causes cavities, you know, all like all the things that you hear. I feel like I hear them just as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's insane. And it's like the whole anesthesia thing makes me laugh because it's like, oh, you're awake. Well, that yeah. means the drug isn't there anymore. That's what it's for. Yeah. If it was still in your body, you would be unconscious. Well, and the thing that I get with it is like people go under anesthesia to have a baby and then continue to breastfeed. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't happen all that often. And it definitely is an emergency situation when you have to go under anesthesia. But it does happen. 
when, if it's like truly an emergency C-section and they have to put you out right away, they will put you out under general anesthesia. And as soon as you wake up, they let you have the baby. So why is it that when you go, it's sick when your baby's six months old and you have your gallbladder out, they tell you you can't breastfeed? Like, but I had anesthesia yeah. when the baby yeah, was born. Yeah, you should see the so. amount of drugs they gave me when I was in the hospital. Yeah, that's like nothing compared to some ibuprofen or some Zoloft or some whatever. Yeah, anesthesia. And then in another, there was another thing that I read that said, you know, it was like about different medications, you know, and definitely ask your provider. And one of them was like painkillers. And it said, you know, opioids, painkillers with opioids in it are you know, deadly to babies, poisonous to babies, really, you know, talk to your provider before you breastfeed with these medications. And it's like, but they give you that stuff when you have a baby. They give you that. Yeah. I was on, I was on, yeah, I was on, what was it? Statol? Oh God. Like a, yeah. Some, oh yeah, man. I, and I've done a lot of street drugs in my life and that was one of them. It's I like, was like, wow, this is a, this is I a know that, <laughs> There was, when I worked in the hospital, there was one mom, I think she had Percocet and she was like, they sell this stuff on the street. Yeah. Like, I, I can't believe they gave this to me. That's what I said the first like, time yeah. I, they gave it to me and I started getting high and I was like, you could sell this on the street. Yeah. They, and they probably do. Well, and an epidural has um, fentanyl in it. Yeah. So, and, and that goes, you know, directly to the baby. Yeah. And then do you you've think got that's something that like makes you totally numb? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> a gentle a, like an herb and they tell and they let you you know not that they let you breastfeed but obviously it's okay yeah to breastfeed and they're not telling you in the hospital to pump and dump yeah. because it doesn't it's not necessary there are definitely very hardcore medications but it's that you cannot breastfeed on but that's usually like you know hiv medications chemotherapy yeah um stuff like that that is very dangerous other things i have had situations where you know, mom was on a medication and usually, the, well, the couple of times that I've really had to talk to people about medications that were perfectly fine and had to really show them that they were perfectly fine. It was the partner that was very, very concerned, which they don't, you know, they don't, this is new, right? Like it's very, very new. And I think as moms who are breastfeeding, it's new to us too, but we tend to trust it a little bit more because I don't know why, but sometimes we do. Like some, I mean, maybe. We don't, but I we feel do. like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was worried about taking like ibuprofen. Yeah, I wouldn't even do that. I was just like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? I know, I know. I have a lot of people that don't take stuff that they should be taking because they're really nervous about it, and it's perfectly safe. It's perfectly fine. Um, but I had to show them like the half life. And if we really, if you really want to, like if it's a medication that you're really concerned about, you can look at the half life of the drug and you can figure out like, okay, because if it's a shorter half life, you can see the drug is at its peak at this time of day. What you can take it at this time of day, such and such time of day, it's the peak is highest at this time of day after how many hours. So, for example, you take it at noon. The peak of the drug is, you know, seven hours. So, you know, maybe take it at seven o'clock or after seven o'clock. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because yeah. then maybe you're not breastfeeding as much overnight or maybe not at all. Or maybe you can get away with not breastfeeding overnight. Have somebody give a bottle instead. And it's way safer than taking it the minute after breastfeeding the minute after you take the drug. You know, like that kind of a thing. You can you there are ways to do it if you are really, really concerned. There are ways but, to do it. 
But the but the point is is that you usually don't need to be concerned, and I don't want right. people having to do all this math when you're already trying to do everything else. Right. It's not necessary. The majority of the time, it is really not necessary. Okay. You don't we have need to, to take a break. Yes. And we will come back. I promise. I promise. We Today's will. episode, this wonderful episode, is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is the designer of luxury maternity and nursing bras in a wide assortment of styles, sizes, and shapes to suit every body type. With over 18 years experience, Cake Maternity sets the standard in embracing and in showing the, re- the realities of motherhood. With a no photoshopping policy, Cake Maternity are taking it a step further by committing to show and share real stories and imagery of moms in their most raw and vulnerable moments to help remove any stigma and encourage open sharing of the realities of motherhood. The campaign, aptly titled We See You Warrior, embraces and acknowledges all moms without judgment and encourages women to share an unfiltered moment as a mom on Instagram to build a community of supportive women. Check out the campaign on Instagram at Cake Maternity. And check out their bras as well at CakeMaternity.com. And you can use code BADASS. 15 for 15% off of your purchase for the next year. Um, but definitely check out those photos. I shared a couple and they're sharing a whole bunch and they're amazing at on Instagram cake maternity, like birthday cake. Um, and our sponsors and the promo codes can be found in the show notes under this episode and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Also at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You'll find all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Yes. And I was going to bring up that infant risk website, which is like based on Dr. Yeah. Dr. Hale is this guy who did like all kinds of research on drugs and lactation. And he even wrote like a big book and uh, there's a website based on that. And, and it's infant risk, infant risk.com or something. Um, and you can like look up any medication and it'll tell you like about the medication and lactation. And I think they have a 1-800 number that you can call and consult. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and so that's we'll something that, that doctors can like, doctors could have that resource, but they don't use it. I mean, you know, they're doing too much. And they, they could also say like, oh, you're breastfeeding. Okay, let's consult with a lactation consultant. But they also don't do that. So I found this really cool. I'm going to link this in the show notes because I loved this, What? how this talked about it. The practice of why the pump and dump myth persists. The practice of pump and dump may be so prevalent because the term is so memorable. And that's what I used to tell people. I'm like, it yep. sounds like Dr. Seuss, pump yeah. and dump, you know, like right. it just, it's a very memorable statement. And just because it, says, it rhymes doesn't make it right. Exactly says even to negate the practice may unintentionally reinforce it because a rhyming verb phrase is hard to forget. And it's, you know, kind of like says that it's science debunking it is complicated. Um, but I want to talk about where it came from because this is, I did not know this and this is a trip. So it says it's also possible that the pump and dump is tied to pervasive judgment of mothers in our culture. A look at where the term comes from can help us unpack these judgments. The term pump and dump did not intentionally 
or did not initially apply to nursing mothers, but instead to the financial industry, where to pump and dump meant to fraudulently advertise a stock to artificially inflate its prices and then sell off one's own shares at a tidy profit. This nefarious purpose, I know, right? This nefarious purpose is echoed in other meetings of pump and dump, among them gasoline theft or a one-night stand. When breastfeeding, <laughs> I know, right? When the breastfeeding pump and that. dump. Oh my God. I haven't either, but I could see where that would come in play. Yeah. Uh, when the breastfeeding pump and dump is put into context of these other meanings, we see that all of them imply judgment. In the stock market, he who pumps and dumps is defrauding innocent investors for his own gain. In dating and relationships, he who pumps and dumps is committing a similar type of fraud, albeit for a shorter term game. What about the woman who pumps and dumps? She too is perceived to have put her child in harm's way by focusing on her own pleasure, the glass of wine, over her baby's health. Pumping and dumping breast milk is almost a penance for the woman who is perceived to have acted shamefully. I was like, holy crap. And that says, of course, the other pumpers and dumpers have committed a far worse act than the breastfeeding mother. In fact, a greater sin may be throwing out the milk, which has less alcohol than kefir, kumbacha, juice, or homemade bread. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh my God, this is f- unbelievable. That's crazy. And, and I need I, to pump and dump more often. About one night. <laughs> I'm really, really sad that I had so many, <laughs> so many one night stands that didn't get to say it. I'm really upset right now. Uh-huh. It is fantastic. But I was like, wow, like I never thought about it as because I'm I'm busy trying to tell people not to do it. But right. I never thought about it as like that is a totally shameful, judgmental place to put a parent. Yeah, that's true. Like to tell her, no, you had. Oh, my God, you had some wine. You need to pump and dump your breast milk. And like how shameful. Yeah. They're you're ma- dirt, that you're like dirty now. You have to clean yourself out. Like that is terrible. But I was like, wow, this is fascinating. That is really interesting. I know. I think it is super interesting. So that's where that came from. If anybody is ever wondering where it came from, that is where pump and dump came from. And somehow it got connected to breastfeeding because of pumping, obviously. But that absolutely did it. So some of the other things, like you said, the procedures. So let's talk about that for a second because this comes up a lot too. Procedures are, they, you know, it could be, well, it could have been that microblading thing. Like that's kind of a procedure, right? Or yeah. um, MRIs, CAT scans, um, you know, cavities dental being filled, cavities, all yeah, that. dental, all of that stuff that people tell you you can't breastfeed anymore or you can't breastfeed for a certain amount of time. I mean, the majority of the time that is totally safe. It's totally safe. And it's, you are told that because they, like, again, they're not sure. They want to be, they're just like erring on the side of caution. Um, but they are not doing it based off of science at all. Um, and I know I've told this story in the podcast before. It was a while ago. But when I worked in the hospital, I had this family that was there and the baby was just born. Like the baby was like, I don't know, two days old or something like that. And I was working a lot with them and, you know, breastfeeding was hard. Getting it started was kind of hard. And the mom was having like some kind of um, like heart issue or heart symptoms of maybe what could have been like a heart issue or something. So they wanted to do, um, they wanted to do a procedure where they had to do dye. I think it was a CAT scan, but I can't remember exactly where they had to do the dye. 
And the doctor in the hospital, the um, the doctor that was, you know, on call or whatever, who was there, told the mother she had to pump and dump. Now, she didn't have milk yet. She had colostrum, <laughs> which, you know, you can't really pump and dump that because yeah. it's not like you're pumping like, you know, colostrum yeah, is very like hard drops. to pump. So the dad, I went in to check on them. And the dad was really, you know, he was really kind of distraught and he was like, they, you know, we're finally getting started. And they told her that she can't breastfeed anymore right now because she's having this procedure and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but it's perfectly safe. And I knew I had looked it up recently and I knew that it was perfectly safe. But I was like, do I really want to go and argue with this doctor? Like, you know, really kind of puts you in a very intimidating position. So I went, I called one of the other lactation consultants because it was an evening an evening shift and I called, I was the only one there and I called one of the other lactation consultants and I'm like, I'm not wrong about this, right? Like it's totally safe to breastfeed with the contrast dye. And she was like, yes, of course. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go say something to this doctor. And thankfully he happened to be a doctor that was very like kind of, he was younger and he was kind of like easygoing. He was one like patients all loved him. And you know, so he was like, if you got to go ahead toe to toe to the doctor, then he would be one of the ones to do it with. But I went over to the labor and delivery side where he was and I was like, you know, this patient, um, you told her she was having contrast dye. You told her that she couldn't breastfeed because she was having the contrast dye. Actually, contrast dye is very safe. She's fine to continue breastfeeding. He goes, oh, cool. Okay. Did you tell her? And I was like, <laughs> um, no, I wanted to talk to you first. He's like, okay, just tell her it's fine. And it's like, you almost ruined them. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, but that's what he thought. Without looking anything up, uh-huh. or asking without checking on it, or asking right lactation, right? Like it just said that, and when I was like, "No, that's not right," it's like, "Okay, yeah, just let him know. It's fine." Yeah, just I'm so know. easy going. I'm awesome. Just I was so, like, "Oh, okay." Like no. what? Like at first of all, I was like, "Well, I almost didn't say anything because I was too intimidated," and I'm glad I did because obviously it was, you know. He was like fine with it. He wasn't going to argue with me because I was afraid he was going to argue with me. And be, yeah, I've had right. doctors do that and be like, oh, no, sure. I, you know. And it was like he was like, no, it's totally fine. And I'm like, wow, you almost totally like ruined the breastfeeding relationship, and they barely got started. And it was to the it was like she was so struggling that take her off for 24 hours, and she probably wouldn't have gone back to it. So it really could have been like do or die for that relationship that breastfeeding yeah. journey for them. And um, he was just like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Just tell him it's fine. Just, you know. Oh, yeah. No I was like, oh my gosh, come on. And then oh. I, then I did have a doctor at one point that I said something to and when I was at a doctor's office and, and he was like a doc, I'd never met him before. He happened to come in. He was like, you know, taking, you know, he was just like covering for somebody else or whatever. One of my patients saw him for an ear infection, no sinus infection, and the baby was like a year, over a year, and he would not prescribe her a medication to get rid of the sinus infection because she was breastfeeding. Wait a and minute, I'm what? Like, you, how, what? Yeah. How, what yeah. if she died? He would not do it. He would not provide her the strong enough medication to to knock out this sinus infection. Dude, you can't just let an infection go. You know, like, he gave her like something like modern lame. medicine. We know people die. Yeah. Like people used to die from this shit. But the reason he gave me, because I was oh. like, it's perfectly safe. And he would not do it. He was like, no, I'm not doing it. We don't give that medication to, to babies. You're not giving it to the baby. Oh, my God. 
And he seriously argued with me with, about here, it. He's like, no, I'm not giving it to her. Yeah. Here's a medical doctor who literally doesn't know how the body works. Right. How scary is that? And you're going to let her suffer because of your and hopefully, hopefully egotistical what, clear- attitude. Yeah. And it hopefully clears up on its own. I mean, it's an infection. Yeah. Will we do? No, I, I totally that's complained. Really on that's really unsafe. Uh huh. Very unethical. And then to sit there and tell me, no, I'm not. I'm not giving that to her. No. Like would not listen to reason. And we have like the we have a very um. Well, I'm sure every every town has a pretty you know significant hospital system. But one of the hospital system that he is part of has a breastfeeding clinic with a breastfeeding hotline specifically for medications that only providers can use. Oh, God. And they won't, you know, like not even. No, he probably didn't even know that existed. Probably but it not. was totally an egotistical thing. Like he would absolutely not take my word for it because I was not a medical provider. Yeah. And you were just and, this- Woman I was questioning just a, his right. intelligence and yeah. I, I was just ridiculous. And it's like, and that is, that kind of goes with this whole, you know, this whole scenario of the pump and dump being judgmental and shameful. And he was totally making her suffer because she was breastfeeding. And I feel like that that happens a lot because I do have people that contact me and they're like, well, I was told I can't get this procedure done until I'm done breastfeeding. And that is a punishment because they are, that is not, true that is not true you're going to make somebody struggle with dental pain which is like the worst by the way and because she's still breastfeeding her baby i mean come on i know i already said this but somebody that has dental pain has an infection somewhere and you can't just let that go right that is like literally not safe right and they're just going to give them antibiotics You'd think and at that point it. they would just be like, oh, yeah, but you need to pump and dump and throw that myth out there at least. Oh, so bad. Instead of just absolutely refusing. I know. And then what are you supposed to do? It's not like you can just pick up with another provider. That's hard enough to do. Yeah, I know. It's the, yeah, it's hard enough to get into any kind of doctor. So it's really, it's it's very, very frustrating. And then as like as a lactation provider, I'm always like, oh, my God, this is so frustrating. And I can't imagine how those parents feel because they're the one deal. And then you got it. Then you know how much that would like totally mess with your head. Then I'd be like, well, what can I take? Is there nothing I can take? I can't take anything then. Right. Like, because everything is going to be dangerous and that's not true. This stuff is not, it's not dangerous. And a lot of it does depend on, you have to look at the whole scenario. How old is your baby? What kind of a medication is it? What's the dosage you're taking? How long are you taking it for? What is, you know, like, was your baby immunocompromised? Like, there is a lot here. And nobody's asking you those questions when they tell you to pump and dump. They're just telling you to do it. They're not saying, well, how old is your baby? Oh, your baby's eight months and only breastfeeding three times a day? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. Nobody's saying that to you. No, there's no individual like care. No. It's just like this is how we do it. Getting it out. Now the other thing that came up too when I was um I don't have too much to say about this, so it won't take too long, is smoking. That's the other one that came up. Oh. Um, that people, you know, would pump and dump with smoking. And that is not it's not necessary. 
I mean, what you can do, like nicotine stays in the system for like 90 minutes. So usually you can like feed your baby and go have a cigarette if it's something you can't, if something you really want to do. And then, you know, by the time your baby feeds again, you're probably safe. But um, of course, the better thing is to quit. But we know not a lot of people can. We know it's a very hard thing to do. And we also can't judge people for that. No, not at all. I mean, I was a smoker. Come on. Me too. I was a smoker for a long time. Me too. I was a smoker for a really long time. And actually, I smoked while I was breastfeeding. I would go outside and I would wash my hands and I would do, you know, the thing you do to keep the smoke away from the baby. But I was still nursing. Yeah. Actually, I never even really thought about that. As As scared as I was of everything, I never really thought about that affecting my baby. I mean, it just, if the smoke, I mean, I wasn't smoking in the house. Like that would be my, I would worry about that, but I never thought about milk, whatever thing. I know. And I, I think some people do and it does come up. Like, I think if you, if it's something you look up on Google, of course, you're going to see like so much, you know, junk on there. Well, and again, that's like, so it's so like, of course we don't want you to, we don't want you to smoke because smoking is bad for you and um, you can die from it. And like, we know this now, but also like, if it's like very addicting and like, mm-hmm. you can't always quit. And like, so f- here's how to do that here. We have an episode on this, don't we? I think we do somewhere. On yeah. how to like safely smoke if it's something that you can't quit when you have a baby. I mean, like, this is life, man. Not everybody yeah. can just like be perfect robots. Now, I don't know. And I know that, um that cannabis is a bigger deal now because it's becoming legal in a lot of places. Uh I don't know how long that stays in the system. So I don't know if people are saying, well, yeah, yeah, it does. Well, THC stays in your system a long time. Um, but I don't know like about any of the other stuff with it. So there really is, you really can't pump and dump with that because you also don't need to, you don't need. Yeah. I mean, it just is what it is, but that's becoming more prevalent and there's not a lot of research on that. So there's really no, if somebody says, oh, you have to pump and dump for 24 hours, like they're making you it You have up. to pump and dump for 30 days. That's what yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're making it up if they tell you anything different yeah. because they really, we don't know. We don't have a lot of info on that at all. Just don't smoke right next to your baby. Yeah. That's really the bottom line. That's really all it comes down to. Don't worry about the like dumping your milk or anything like no. that. Like it's still way better for the baby to get that milk. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Than anything else. It is like mm-hmm. way far. It's far better for your baby to be breastfeeding while you're smoking anything than yeah. whatever the alternatives are. Absolutely. So, it's still the best you know. thing. For so many reasons. Yeah. So many reasons. What we don't want is to smoke with the baby. That's, you know, like you would already said that. Don't share the cigarette with your baby. Don't do that. <laughs> do you ever see that, like that, I don't know, I saw it on the internet somewhere years ago of that like really fat baby smoking a cigarette? Oh my God, no. What? I'll have to see if I can find it. What was it? It was, was just it for? It was just like, oh, look at this baby smoking a cigarette kind of thing. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> That sounds very weird. (laughs) It was very weird. Yeah. But yeah, so that's it. I really, my big thing here was where the pump and dump came from. I think that's fascinating. I'm going to link this article in the show notes if you guys want to read it too. But I, I think it is really 
Cool. And we know that Abby is going to refer to every single man. one night stand anybody has Good. in a movie or anything as a pump and dump. Yeah. So, man. <laughs> so upset. <laughs> and that's it. Okay. Bye. Thanks bye. for listening. Bye.